This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Talking over the intro. Talking over. That's how that's how excited I am as I was talking over that kick-ass song. I'm back, baby. Took a week off. You know, I was gonna crank one out last week. Um, podcast it is, not jerking my dick. I was going to I mean, you know, I was gonna I was gonna put one out. There wasn't uh there hasn't been UFC in two weeks. I know there's been other promotions. We'll talk about it. Relax, people. But I'm like, I need to catch up on uh on being a husband, being a father. My wife is incredibly talented. She had a lot of things going on. I had to pick up the slack with the baby. Happy to do it, happy to be back. I am jazzed to be here. And we got some things to talk about. Um obviously this weekend, the twenty we're gonna have two podcasts this week. Should have probably said that in the beginning. A little rusty, I guess. Um, UFC Fight Night Lincoln is this Saturday, the 25th. So I'll be doing a complete pick of that card. I'm super excited to jump into that. I haven't, uh, I, I know who's fighting. I haven't looked super into it yet. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this week. You'll be listening to this on Monday. A wonderful Monday. I'm recording it on Sunday. And uh, yeah, and then I'll put up the next one out. Uh, I'll probably record on Wednesday, so either Thursday or Friday before the fights to get you all your betting needs. But there's been a, there's been a couple things that kind of brewed. I got a nice little show for you. Um, want to start off uh, when you're listening to this on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon, go to MMATakes.com. I'm going to be releasing a few shirts, limited edition. We're going to test this out. You know, I I've I've sent some to my friends, and I haven't really I I have a trouble of self promoting myself. It's not a money scheme. I you know I'm not listen. The the t shirt company want me to price them at this point. I'm pricing them at this point. It's a very small little percentage. I don't. It's not me to make money. I just want people to have some merch, and uh, and hopefully people like them. I got three shirts. I got MMA takes logo, a little cool one, and I got two other little cool ones. We'll put them out. Be on the website, Teespring, I'll have a link, all that stuff. Bye, 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 bye. You know, let's just uh let's just get the name out there. I see uh this past week, uh had the week off. Obviously, I checked the numbers. I run the numbers, and uh this podcast was doing actually really well. I had a lot of listens, a lot of people going through my old catalog. I'm uh some somebody, um, if you're listening to this, thank you. I, I don't know who you are, message me and I'll give you a shout out for uh supporting the podcast. But there was there was one person our numbers are doing great, uh better than I expected with very little promotion from and, and you know, I'm doing this myself. Um a person listed from start listening last week from podcast one all up to thirty-three. That is amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you for the support. Hopefully, you know, you can get you can buy a shirt and, and rock it wherever you live at. And people are like, hey, where, 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 where'd you get that badass shirt? Well, let me tell you, yeah, I got it from MMAtakes.com. And also, here's a kick-ass podcast where this guy has a, a silky smooth voice. So those are coming. Want to get off the top of the show. Secondly, I took last week off. My wife is incredibly talented. I want to bring this up on the show. Um, she is, uh, a full-time mom, full-time employee at a, she, you know, at her job. She's an incredible wife and she's also one of the most talented people I know. She, um, this obviously probably doesn't fit so well into the people who listen to this podcast. However, she makes, um, accessories for babies with felt and she's a felt artist, I guess you want to call her. And she had a show. This is her third one. You know, she's fairly new to the game, very cutthroat game of felt 
artistry out there, let me tell you. And she had a show at a, a local brewery up the street. It's kind of an arts and craft show. And she absolutely murdered it. Um, is doing so well, and I'm so proud of her. And uh, I was going to record on Saturday, put one out late, but I, I want to support her and you know, and she's just doing so fantastic and, and, and amazing. And, and if you are listening to this and you have a, a daughter or you're, um, or well, hopefully younger, fe- well, you know, younger females, if you like MMA, great. You know, who am I to judge? However, if you're listening to this and you want some felt flowers, um, a felt, felt artist, go to etsy.com slash Winnie James Co. Go to Winnie James Co. on Instagram. She is incredible. She's amazing. She is kicking ass, and I can't be more proud of her. So I want to say that at the top of the show. She is absolutely incredible, and I am blown away by how um, creative and artistic she is, especially since where we come from, where we live, it's kind of shunned when people are creative. You know, I'm sure friends of mine or, or acquaintances of mine listen to this podcast or see me post about a podcast and they're like, look at this fucking asshole. Like, what is, what the hell is he talking about? You know? And that's fine. I mean, I, I, I would assume people are going to say that about me. However, that's never going to stop me from doing this. And my wife is the same way. You know, I'm sure she's got some friends her way that, you know, go, well, it's Saturday. Why don't you have a beer in your hand? Or why don't you, you know, there's certain ways that, you know, people with uh, artistic expression get shut down. And my wife just completely ignores that and kicks ass and is amazing at it. And uh, she is super talented and super sweet. So I want to get out the show. Now let's get into some fight. Okay. Enough, enough, enough about the, the, the wife and the flowers. Let's, let's do some fight. And as you know, the UFC hasn't been on in about two weeks. Last card was UFC 227. They got a jam-packed fall. They usually kind of take a break right around this time. I, I'm super excited, excited about UFC Lincoln, which is this Saturday, the 25th. Main event, James Vick versus Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje might be one of the most exciting fighters ever. He's only had three fights in UFC, and they've all been fight of the night, and he's got a performance of nine in one of those. James Vick. I think it's a talented fighter as well. I don't think it's gonna be a boring fight. I, I don't. I just don't see this being a boring fight at all. I just. I don't. Can't imagine it would be. But we'll get into that later this week. Um, but we'll go some recap. Some there was a Bellator card uh, last night. There was a PFL card on Thursday night. Um, PFL has a gentleman named Ray Cooper, uh, a Hawaiian heavy hitter guy who uh, who apparently is like the next coming. A lot of people you see this a lot in the when fighters do well. That's not fighting UFC. They're crowned the best in the world. Um, Ray Cooper, short uh, for 170, stout, big muscles, got hits hard. I mean, knocked out Jake Shields, which is a big feather in your cap. Not a ton of guys have knocked out Jake Shields. Just knocked out uh, a guy in, in under a minute, I believe, on Thursday. Um, he's a real dude. I've seen him fight a few times. I think uh, I think he's very well-rounded. I think he's a little musty for the division. I like to see him fight some real, real stiff competition. Bellator has a decent 170. They're putting on that tournament. I would like to see him jump over there. Obviously, the UFC, which has the best 170. Welterweight in, in the UFC is is by far the best division, in my mind, right now, with talent in the UFC. So, um, Ray Cooper, keep doing what you're doing, but uh, if you want to be talked about on the podcast, you got you to gotta do more. But I think he has an immense talent. He's only have... I think he's maybe eight and two, seven and two. I could be wrong. I don't have his record in front of me. So fairly young in his career, and I'm so surprised a Hawaiian fighter went. You know, PFL snapped him up first because the UFC they jump on the Hawaiians, the Australian, any Polynesian descent 
or Samoan descent. They jump all over those guys. I'm surprised this guy slipped through the cracks. I'm, I'm not sure what happened there. I'm looking at you, Sean Shelby, or Mick Maynard, or whoever would sign that, you fucks. And then Bellator was last night. Um, Bellator was putting on decent little cards. They have they have a lot of young talent. This was kind of a showcase of uh, their young talent that they have coming up. James Gallagher, obviously, this, this was making rounds on Twitter. James Gallagher... Um, Conor McGregor teammate at Strange out of SBG. He's 21 years old. He's 7 0. Um, he's more of a grappler. He's not like Conor with the he doesn't have the one touch power knockout. He's pretty well rounded, but he's more of a grappler submission guy. He fought a, a gentleman, Ricky Banderos. Um, I, I, if I mispronounce the name, I apologize. Trains out of Jersey, Jersey kid, real tough kid. Kind of came in last minute. Gallagher's been off for a while. Um, and uh, Gallagher got slept pretty bad. Uh, you know, it, people are, are, you know, I, I've seen YouTube videos of, oh, watch this guy, get what he deserves. Cause before the fight, during, uh, during the, the fighter intros, Gallagher walked across the ring, put his arms up, got in his face. Listen, that's just showmanship. That's just a guy doing what he is. It sucks. That he got knocked out. He's 21 years old. He's going to come back. He's going to be okay. Um, he's still a star. You know, you go across the ring, you do that. Um, Bandejos is, 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 uh, looks like a solid kid, had, had a lot of, Weapons to his game, and and Gallagher, I, I thought, fought maybe not the smartest fight. Didn't pressure the takedown. Got caught with a clean right hand. I put him down. Then a fucking Shawn Michaels sweet chin music rocked him, and then eventually just uh, he 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 dropped and uh, Bandero Farrell uh, followed up on the ground, and Gallagher went sleepy time. But I think people need to ease up on Gallagher. Errol fucking Hawani was sitting on his high horse. Uh, ever since this guy went to ESPN, I feel like maybe MMA fighting. I don't know what it is. He's like, he's, and this is maybe I'm being dramatic, but he's starting to become a little Skip Bayless-y with his rants and his raves and his preaches on on his show and on his on his on Twitter page. So on the show the other day, we're not going to talk about this. I didn't have this written down, but he was talking about how they should just sell the Conor Khabib fight, the only fight. They shouldn't put anything else on there. Because the card that's shaping up for that is is a little weaker. The undercard's a little weaker because that's going to sell anyway. So not, let's not put a ton of people on that that can use that for other main events. Um, a lot of people are injured right now, but th- that's like a boxing thing. You know, UFC is completely opposite of boxing. They're going to give you the five five fight card, and people are going to pay it anyway. I don't know where this guy comes off, but he's the ESPN money's rolling in his head, and he's starting to he's starting to you know he needs views, he needs clicks, he needs this. I get it. Say some crazy shit, but. Shut your fucking mouth, there, Owani. Um, but he went on his high horse about Gallagher, about how everyone needs to shut up and this and that. And but and the reason he did it's because I just he just announced that Gallagher is going to be in a studio with them. So uh, Ariel Hawani's little snake. Um, and then the, I think the star of the night is Darian Caldwell, legit, legit contender, tra- like best friends of Dominic Cruz, comes out of Alliance MMA, incredible guy, probably one of the most talented guys in Bellator. Um, I would say he was a 135er, won the belt up there, jumped up to 145 for a quick fight, uh, destroyed the guy, and uh, he's the real deal. Called out Pitbull, one of the Pitbull brothers. I get him confused. The one that that's at 45 wants to be a two-time champion Bellator. I like him. I like him a lot. He is super talented, and uh, when Dominic Cruz endorses you like that and flies across country and watches you fight and everything like that, that's uh, that's real deal stuff. So Caldwell is someone to look out for in Bellator. Bellator needs to pay him right, in, uh, and then hopefully he sticks around. But if not, 135 and 145 in the UFC are stacked. I would love to see this guy come over. 
I my personal opinion is if you want to be the best in the world, you you, you got to get out of Bellator. Bellator has Viacom or they used to. They have a lot of money backing them right now, and they can sign big checks and they can you know and they're trying to build something, which I think is great. It's great competition, but. At 135, 145, the best fighters in the world are about UFC. So I think you have to consider that when, you, when you're when you in contract negotiations. Now, I don't know how many fights Caldwell has on his contract. But if he wants to be considered the best, he's got to go over to fucking the, the UFC. I mean, it's just point blank, period. I mean, there's, I mean, that's, you know, Tom. if Tom Brady played in the Canadian Football League, no one would say he's the greatest ever, right? You got to play in the league that has the best fighters to be considered the best ever. I mean, I, I've, I've ranted about this before when Benson Henderson went and took the money, Ryan Bader. Well, Ryan Bader kind of, UFC kind of didn't want him. But Benson Henderson, the UFC matches offer, and same with Leo Machida, the UFC matched their offer, and they decided to go to Bellator for whatever reason because. Leo Machida, obviously, I don't think I think he knows he can't compete with the guys at 205 anymore. Benson Henderson, I'm not really sure what uh, what he was doing. That uh, that Curly Sue guy, that Curly Sue mop of his, I think uh, might have ruined his um, legacy a little bit because he hasn't done so hot over in Bellator. All right, so that's it. That was the fights this week. We'll jump into some of the. Uh, I guess I got some uh, just a ton of shit written down here that we can jump into. First, first up, and absolutely this has to be first, is Rusmohan Pajares, old tree stump, popped up on the internet, the internet's with an S. He <clears throat> was obviously, he, I mean, he's 5'8", if he's, if he's an inch, and he fought at 185, giant guy. I mean, that's why he's a tree stump, just wide as a house. He somehow got wider. Now, I posted this on MMA Takes. It's on my Instagram as well. I'll picture him. He looks like he took every steroid there is, right? There, he walked into the steroid clinic and said, give me them all. I'll fucking take them all. This guy looks so big. It's unbelievable. I have some jokes written down here that I actually stole and put them in the article that I wrote on MMATex.com. It's the very first one. Go ahead and read it. So I'm not going to hack it and, and do it here. Plus, I think the, the, the written word might be a little funnier than me doing it. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm not a... I'm working on my stage presence. However, Paul Harris, I mean, this guy is just a completely different human now. It's he was already big before. He is giant and and ugh, he already is a guy that holds submissions longer and can pull your knee off and fuck I mean, he literally might be the first guy that's gonna rip an arm off or a leg off of somebody and just fucking take it home with them. They'll be like, here's your trophy, here's your belt, Miss Paharas. No, I got my trophy, I got my belt. Someone's fucking arm. That guy is a psychopath and a guy who's already unstable, who's taking this amount of steroids, probably is not going to add up that well. There's going to be a real tragic story in, in the making with Rusamar Pajaras. He already lives in Brazil, which, sorry, Brazil, pretty dangerous place to live. And he was already crazy as shit. Like, there was reports that he would only train with his brother because if he trained with anybody else, he'd fucking hurt him. And now he's this gigantic freak of a man. Um, and if that affects his jiu-jitsu game, if he's not as quick, he's not as nimble, great. But he's as strong. I mean, he's literally going to rip someone's fucking limb off. It's scary. So if you want to see the picture, go to the website, go to, or just check me on Instagram, mmatakes.com. And there we go. And then uh, uh, furthermore, that article, Rafael Tosanos was pictured on Jake Eller, uh, Ellerberger's Instagram. Ellerberger's getting ready for Lincoln, Nebraska. Hopefully his farewell fight. Ellerberger looking in pretty good shape. RDA was next to him, and he looks awful. He looks like if you like 
deflated a balloon. This guy has just like a, 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 a jumbo shrimp posture, just looking awful. The worst facial ever. Someone was just like, hey, RDA, you look good with a goatee. You should grow a goatee. It's like, yeah, maybe I will. I know he had surgery on his ear. He hasn't been training you know, as much as he was. I know there's some, you know, I suspected some, you know, some, uh, some, uh, you know, a little extra vitamins in, in his workout. I mean, when he, when he manhandled uh, Nate Diaz and then uh, Pettis to win the title, I said, okay. This is the guy that lost to Clay Guida, right? This is the guy that got uppercut it to the fucking moon by Jeremy Stevens, right? Like, this is the same guy that's Joe Rogan's clearing the best lightweight in the world? Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. So there's a picture of him, and he just looks so... It, it, it's equivalent to Tom Brady's picture that got leaked on the beach, right? So everyone, Tom Brady, super famous, most famous guy in football. I, I would imagine everyone knows Tom Brady. Him and his super hot wife are on the beach. Dad bod city. Everyone's like, whoa, TB12s might not be working all that all that much. RDA in the MMA world. This was a Tom Brady in the RDA or in the MMA world for me. Obviously, RDA is not as big as Tom Brady in the real world, but in the MMA world, pretty big deal that this guy looks like shit. I mean, he looks like just a ball of dough. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if I mean, Colby Covington really fucked him up because this guy is just. I don't know. He's not working out. I mean, he's obviously working out with uh, Ellenberger to get Ellenberger ready. But Ellenberger, if this is your main training partner, buddy, you know, good luck in in Lincoln, Nebraska, because this guy looks terrible. I couldn't believe it. I come I, on on MMATex.com, Another plug. I put him and Paul Harris next to each other. Talked about it a little bit. Pretty little fun article. Go read it. Just go ahead already. What are you doing? And then a couple of little tidbits here is uh, TJ Dillashaw and Javante Davis, the boxer, had a little back and forth on Twitter. Uh, Javante is a Floyd Mayweather guy, great boxer, two-division champ, I believe, maybe one-division champ. I know he lost a a belt because he couldn't make weight. Tremendous boxer, short, stout guy, um, has incredible power on the inside, really, really heavy-handed. But he's, he's called out MMA guys before. TJ called him out on it. TJ wants money fights. TJ wants anything. TJ called him out on it, and then Javante said uh, something stupid like, oh, this is like this is like your people running this account. This isn't even you, which I don't even know what that means. I mean, TJ Dillashaw's not even that famous in the MMA world. He would need someone to run his Twitter for him. So TJ Dillashaw made a video saying that it actually is me. You know, he challenged him to an MMA fight, which would end in uh, 30 seconds. Then he challenged him to a boxing fight, which would end within five rounds. The, uh, the Davis would destroy TJ in boxing. TJ chains with uh, Lomachenko, so he thinks he's you know he thinks he knows what's up. I think TJ would do okay in boxing because you know he's not going to get tired. But it's just a different sport. They punch different. There's different leverage. There's different angles. There's different footwork. Um, it's just different. You know, I know there. You know, boxing. Excuse me. Boxing is a part of MMA, but it's just it's just different setups with different things. TJ's a gamer. He's tough. He's not going to back down to someone calling him out. However, if, if Giovante, I think, obviously, if the UFC is not going to, this isn't the Conor Floyd deal. The UFC is just not going to let their champ go fight a boxing guy. Like, you know, obviously, it'd be make big money. Giovante, this is the second or third time he's called out MMA guys. His little ass needs to come over to UFC. Let's see what he's got. You know, I know someone said that he was a pretty good wrestler. I think someone said that on Twitter. Maybe I made that up. Maybe, I, maybe I'm making it up right now. I'm spreading rumors. However, uh, you know, it was it was a good exchange back and forth. I know they're both, um, you know, it, it makes sense. They're both in the same weight class. Giovante started after UFC 227. He said, I want to fight the guy Cody just fought. Like, you, if you know Cody's name, you know fucking TJ's name. What are you doing? 
And uh, then TJ just so bad at trash talking. You know, he's such a tough fighter. Could be one of the best, you know, go down as the best 135-er. I, think he, I still think he has to beat one person before we call him that. However, I don't know. TJ needs to hire someone or, you know, maybe that's what Giovante meant. Like, you're so bad at trash talking, you hire someone to, to Twitter trash talk. But if that's true, whoever you hire needs to be fired because he's so bad at it. Um, he was just calling Mayweather his daddy and stuff. It just doesn't seem natural. I don't think fighters should really push the envelope when it comes to trash talking. I think it just sounds bad. I mean, there's so many clips on YouTube of just bad trash talking between him and Cody, how bad it was and how awkward he gets. And TJ clammed up when Dom was coming at him too. It's just, it's just not your forte, man. Just be a great fighter and, and just don't talk and just, just do it in the cage. I just, some people just don't always have to talk. But I would like to see that fight. I think that I think that has potential to be money on it. Obviously, um, Giovante is boxing contracts are harder to get out of than MMA contracts. I mean, those fucking boxing scumbags got those guys locked up. So I don't see it happening anytime soon unless uh, some deal gets struck. But I don't think too many people want it. I don't think it's obviously it's no. I don't think I know it's not Mayweather, Floyd. I mean, ever that 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 was millions for everybody. Everyone sold dollar signs. This is people. You know, it's like the James Tony thing. Like eh, James Tony was an old retired fighter who who. I don't think was signed to anybody. I don't think he had a promotion really. Giovante is like the next guy. He's a young kid in boxing that people want to see. So I just don't. I don't see that happen uh, happening anytime soon. But I, I do. I, I encourage it. I, I want to see it. Oh, next up, this is a pain painful one for me to talk about. You know, I get trolled by a lot of my buddies. Um, well, two of them, three of them, and three of them about Robbie Fox over at Barstool Sports. I don't like the guy. I think I've 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 went on a rant about him and I don't know him personally I just think I don't like him as the MMA guy like if he was at Barstool and he just did wrestling and he just did Star Wars or whatever the fuck cool but the fact that he covers MMA over there and I'm covering MMA it bothers me a little bit you know he's a huge Connor fan he's getting some pub about the whole standing outside the courthouse thing took a picture with Connor the first time and then the second time he did it on on Connor's uh um what do you call it uh the sentencing part, um, he got like arrested or he got fined, not arrested. He got his megaphone taken away and he got fined. I mean, it's all good and great. I don't think the guy is super funny. I don't think he, has, I, I read his blogs just cause it's like, if I'm going to hate somebody, I, I, I better at least know what I hate about him. And I just don't think he's that funny and anything. He was on, uh, I got bumped from the, uh, Kenny Florian and John Anik podcast. I don't think I've talked about that. Was changing emails with a producer and then, uh, Saturday or Sunday morning, they record on Monday. Sunday morning, I had an email saying that they're having someone else on. They're gonna they're gonna put me back in the queue um, because you know people can write in and and you, you get on to pick fights against Florian. And then I emailed him back, and then um, have they've ghosted me. They have yet say anything to me. But basically, I got bummed for Robbie Fox. That was right before the DC. Um, it was picking UFC 226, which was I was slaving over forever to get get that right, and uh, Robbie Fox bummed me. However, um, all that aside, he is in some water, hot water, some kind of water with Khabib. He tweeted at Khabib, and he had this three uh, three thing tweet. I wish I knew the exact quote, but in his defense, in his defense, it was actually pretty funny because Khabib, rumor has it, he was in New York for one of his teammates or something. Um, someone got wind, his team or something got wind to Barstool that Khabib was none too happy with Con or with Robbie saying the shit about Khabib and the t-shirts and supporting Connor and all this stuff. And that Khabib wants to say something to him or have a conversation with him, whatever the case may be. 
Robbie tweeted all that out and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I want to take this time to apologize. Follow-up tweet to absolutely fucking nobody. Fuck you, could be Fuck your dad, blah, blah, blah. Pretty, I mean, I respect it. I respect his moxie. I respect his courage. I mean, the balls on this kid. I mean, I think when Khabib meets him, I think Khabib's going to be like, I mean, come on. This guy's 110 pounds. His glasses on his stupid face weigh more than he does. I, that, what, what am I going to gain for this, right? You know, like Khabib's dad, who's an older guy, Khabib's dad might kick his ass because I don't think that motherfucker cares. But currently, he's not allowed in the country. However, I, I don't know if I would. I mean, obviously, I would probably talk shit about Khabib in the position I am right now. But if I had a bigger platform and I was with working with a company like like Barstool and you're accessible, I know Barstool still kind of banned places. I don't think they're banned at the UFC, however. But you're kind of accessible, your media, so you're accessible to these fighters. Khabib might be the last person. I mean, this guy makes homeless people do up downs for ten bucks. Like this guy's sick in the head. Like he's he's. I think he's calm and 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 he's okay and he and he and he he can handle himself. But I also think he'll he'll smack you in the face. Him and his crew got in fight with Nate Diaz's crew at a at a show. He's been in several altercations in the backstage area with him and his crew. Maybe not a guy a little old Rob Fox wants to wants to piss off. I don't know. That's just me. But I I will say. I mean, I don't say many positive things about Robbie Fox. But that was pretty good. Okay, you still suck shit when you're on camera. Your articles about MMA are dog shit, and um, you're a hundred ten pound little virgin dork. I mean, those are things that are facts. Um, but I respect your moxie. Do what you got to do, Robbie Fox. And but yeah, you know, just you know, he still sucks. Next up, Tony Ferguson is cleared. Um, MMA junkie uh, John Morgan tweeted out that he messaged Ferguson and said, hey, been seeing all these crazy workouts you've been doing. Um, how's the knee? How's everything? And he, all Tony Ferguson responded in all fucking caps. That suck, son of a bitch. That sack of shit I almost said. He texted back at all caps, cleared for combat. I'm not a huge Tony Ferguson guy. I think he's a strange bird. I think he's, you know, he's got a couple things rattling around up there. But that's pretty badass. You know, cleared for combat is something that I think he can run with. I think he needed something like that because he's an eccentric guy. The whole texting or tweeting in all caps and then wearing sunglasses everywhere you go might not be the best. Hopefully the UFC goes, listen, we're done with the sunglasses. You tripped and blew your fucking knee out at Fox because you were wearing sunglasses indoors. Enough of sunglasses. Hopefully the UFC does that. I don't know if they can. You know, but uh, hopefully they do. But I just really like to clear it for combat. I think that's a badass little thing. I've seen the videos. I've seen the workouts he's been doing. Pretty, pretty incredible considering he just had crazy major reconstructive knee surgery five, four, five, four, five, five, five months ago. So pretty good. I mean, that's a really quick turnaround. Hopefully he's not pushing it too hard. But Tony Ferguson would be one of those guys that's just a freak, just a freak guy. He's a, he's something else. But the, the fight that most, I mean, every, who's he going to fight? That's the question. Everyone's kind of tied up right now. Connor Khabib, you know, obviously I can see that maybe going too, depending on how long Connor wants to stick around. If Connor loses, he's he's gonna want to rematch and they'll give it to him. And if Khabib wins, he's gonna want to rematch and they'll give it to him. If not, Tony could fight the winner. I don't know how lucrative that is for Connor. I don't know if the UFC wants to put that Khabib fight together. It'd be like the tenth time. It's fucking cursed. Poirier and Nate Diaz are locked up. I mean, who, who's Tony fighting? Tony should get in shape. 
get in fighting shape. And then maybe if someone drops out, he steps in. I think if they re-sign Eddie Alvarez, I think that's a fucking banger of a fight. I think the winner of Justin Gaethje versus James Vick is another one. Um, that's late summer. They could do the Tony Ferguson fight in New York. They could do it in December. I don't think he will be getting on that Connor card. That might be too quick. That's August 6th or October 6th. So uh, Vic Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez, I think, are all candidates or, uh, you know, weighted out if you want. I think, you know, but Eddie Alvarez and Tony Ferguson would be a fucking banger of a fight. Jesus Christ, that'd be a fight. Gaethje, too. Justin Gaethje and, and Tony Ferguson will, I mean... That, that that would just absolutely be insane. They'd probably end a double knockout of those crazy fucks. But uh, yeah, glad to see Tony Ferguson back. He is a, he's an electric personality and he's he's super super exciting in the cage. I'm just trying to figure out what they're going to actually do with them. The last little little sour note here: Greg Hardy, that big bag of fucking human waste. He fought on the contender series again against a, a guy. I believe the guy. Um, Something Gordon, I don't know his first name, but I think if I if, if I want to look up what his name was, I, I think I can look up Sam's Club's website because I think he works in the tire department. Where they get these guys, I mean, I know there's not a ton of heavyweights out there, but where they find these guys to fight is is unbelievable. The first guy he fought, Austin Lane, former NFL draft pick, actually got drafted higher than Greg Hardy. They used to play the same position. But, again, he was 4-0 in MMA. He didn't fight anybody. Greg Hardy's making his debut. Greg Hardy, I mean, listen, the guy's got power. The guy's got um, speed. He's very athletic for his size. He marched this guy down, the guy that works at Sam's Club, uh, Gordon. He marched him, marched him down and, and knocked him out under a minute, maybe even under 30 seconds. Just overwhelmed him. The guy used no footwork. I mean, Greg Hardy went straight forward, and this kid went straight back. I mean, use some lateral movements. Pick this big fucker apart. He didn't do any of that. I just there's 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 a few heavyweights um, on the contender series this year that I thought could have beat Greg Hardy. I don't think he beats anybody currently in the top fifteen or anybody in the heavyweight division. Maybe I don't know. There's some bad ones in the UFC. However, this guy, you know. You know my story about him. I went on a big rant about him. I just, I just don't understand what the UFC sees in him. Besides the fact, if he was, if he was at one, if he was a hundred fifty-five pounder, or if he was anything but heavyweight, uh, maybe two, anything but light heavyweight, heavyweight, because that's what they need. Um, he wouldn't be getting this shot. Dana White would roast him and be like, "I don't want to, anything to do with this fucking guy." But the fact that Greg Hardy got to sh- gets a shot and, and my boy Chris Curtis doesn't blows my mind. But, however, after Greg Hardy knocked him out, Dana White didn't sign him. Dana White still didn't offer him a contract. They're still going to have some kind of developmental deal. I see he might go straight to the UFC. Dana White's like, how's your wrestling? He, he did like an interview. Greg Hardy did post-fight with the media, and Dana says, how's your wrestling? I mean, that's, that, that's ultimately what it is, is, is you're a big, powerful guy, but maybe go try boxing if, if you don't have any of the skills to, for MMA, you know. So maybe get him there with someone tough. I don't Again, heavyweights are hard to find. I mean, that Gordon guy probably had to take off, uh, take off work. You know, Sam's Club is very flexible to get him in there because I think he took it on a couple weeks' notice. But, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, I'm glad that Dana didn't come out and sign Greg Hardy and didn't offer him a deal. Um Obviously, he's going to end up fighting the UFC sometime. I think he's a needle mover. I think the UFC realizes that. And I still think he's a piece of shit. And I still will offer to fight him. Uh, not for free. You got to pay me, but I'll fight him. And then another thing, too, is I, I've, I've spoken at length about how I hate 
Um, I, I called out James Harrison on his podcast to fight him because I think when he's done with MMA, I'm laughing at the possibility because James, Har- James Harrison's bigger than the, my office and I'm in his back is so goddamn big. But uh, Sean Merriman, old lights out Merriman, who had those two or three good years in the NFL, maybe two, got busted with steroids and then did nothing when fell out of league pretty quickly. Um, he is training MMA and he hasn't had a fight yet, but he's starting to do it. I'm sure the UFC be interested in him. He's got a whole bunch of baggage. I think he smacked up his girlfriend or Tia Tequila or whoever that girl was, the whatever. So uh, the UFC's got some real, real pro- good prospects coming out of the pipeline on heavyweight. Let's jump into some segments. Okay, first up, a little new segment called Sign This Fucking Guy. And there's two. It's Ben Askren because the guy needs to be in the UFC. We just talked about Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy's gotten a shot in the UFC, and Ben Askren hasn't. That's absurd. I used to be so anti-Ben Askren, right? I tweeted at him years ago the way he talks and everything like that. I'm like, you haven't fought anybody. But he's so dominant in that one thing, and no one's been able to stop it besides maybe one person, but they still didn't really been able to stop it. He's undefeated. He's won a belt in every organization he's had. Not the most exciting guy in the world, right? However... He's in a weight class that is so rich with talent that you have to add him. Like, you have to put him in there. You just have to. There's no other way about it. I mean, he, 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 he can sell a fight. People, he has a huge following. People love him. He's retired because he just, there's not enough competition. However, Dana White did say in an interview or on uh, UFC Unfiltered, that he is, you know, when Ben Askren's name's been brought before with him, he just goes, no, fuck that guy, you know, and say some lame joke. Insert lame joke about NyQuil or, or um, whatever, whatever the fuck, whatever he said. Ah, bad. bad. <laughs> I, sh- I should have had that lined up, ready to go, ready to boom, zing it, but I didn't. Um, he, but he, he was complimentary. He said, you know what, I, I'm open to bringing Ben Askren in. I'm open to, you know hearing when he wants and, and seeing everything, but he's under contract with one FC. So I can't talk to him. I can't legally talk to him. He's got to get out of contract and then we can talk. This is kind of what happened before Bellator. You know, he got out of his Bellator contract and then Dana White's like, nah, we don't want you. So I'm sure Ben Askren heard this before, but I've never heard Dana say this publicly. Another one is Michael Chandler. One of the guys who I think long overdue to be in the UFC has the most wins in Bellator history is a Bellator guy through and through Incredible, talented, um, good wrestler, always in shape, can knock people out, has fight dog fights. He's currently in a negotiation period. His contract is up with Bellator. He is, not, I think it's 90 days He uh, Bellator exclusively gets to negotiate, and after 90 days, people get the match. If you're Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler kind of, he. I read an interview where he said it's all about his family and, and, and this and that, and that's what the that's what the decision is going to be is his family. But if you want to be the best in the world, you want to leave a legacy, which he did say he wants to leave a legacy, you have to fight in the UFC. You can't, I mean, he's probably 31, 32, 33, I'm not sure his age. You get, you have maybe 10 to 15 more fights in you, right? Because you kind of took a lot of damage in your fights and stuff like that. 10, 15 more fights. You can't waste them all in Bellator, and then when you're 40, being like, oh, wow, well, I was the best in the world. Really, how many UFC belts did you have? Because in this world, that's all that matters, right? You could be the you could have all the records in Bellator. Who gives a shit, right? 
you have to beat beat the best. You have to fight the best. And as as many, I think he has fought some tough guys. He has a win over Eddie Alvarez. He's a finish over Eddie Alvarez. He's fought some real tough guys. Brent Primus, a guy he recently lost to. He has he's beaten all the pit bulls. Um, but you're not in the UFC. I hate to be the guy, but you're not in the UFC. Sign those two guys right now, McManus, Sean Shelby, Dana White. Get off your ass and sign them. I know Chandler's is a little – both of them are kind of little question marks, but those are the two guys I want to see in the UFC more than anything. Uh, Caldwell, he's on the outside looking in. I, I think he'd be a great addition over there, but he wouldn't fight Dom at 135. He had to go up to 45. I think he might be a little too small for 45. Next new segment is fire this fucking guy. The UFC, gra- the graphic design office in the UFC, I don't know who it is. Sorry that I'm coming for your job, but I, they released, you know, I'm, this is a Darren Till, pro Darren Till podcast, very much in favor of the Scalza. They released the the um, poster for UFC 228, and it is atrocious. I just, it's just so bad. It's like Darren Till looks 18 feet tall next to Tyron Woodley, and it's just the color choices and just what they did. And it's just, I mean, I'm standing in my office. I have four posters in my office right now. One I hate was UFC 203. It was in Cleveland I went to. That one's okay. The other one where the DC comic guy drew it, UFC 183, or 81, excuse me, is badass. And then I got the uh, New York one, the very first one in Madison Square Garden, which is okay, but it's not my favorite. And I got and I got a collage of all of them. Um, but yeah, you, you get fired. I mean, there's uh, the people on Twitter, graphic designers, and, and people who who fiddle on Twitter submit way better posters than what the UFC makes, and just fire the guy. He's gone. Next new segment. Next guy up. I try to do that. <laughs> I might have blown out ears there. I try to do real upbeat. Next guy up. I'm going to get a sound bite of me doing that. Just play that every time I want to do this. So we're going to run through. We'll, we'll do this on every podcast. Um, we're Next guy up, we'll go through the entire weight classes. Next guy up at 125. We got a new champion. The next guy up is Demetrius Johnson. I mean, I know he broke his foot, hurt his knee, but the guy was the champion for five years, held all these records, best in the world. You're one and one with the current champion. I know Benavidez is, is talking about how he, he deserves a shot if he gets past Ray Borg. I know there's the Dillashaw fight where they were on Mario Lopez show, which I didn't even know Mario Lopez had a show. Um, AC Slater was promoting the fight uh, between those two. Dillashaw, Cejudo doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if Dillashaw go down, Cejudo goes up. I think you got to fight DJ before we do the super fights. I think DJ Dillashaw makes way more sense than Cejudo. Next guy up at 125 is is Demetrius Johnson. And we'll do two. We'll do two. We're not going to do every division. We'll do two division each show. That's how it works here. I'm laying out, I'm making up as I go along. Next guy up at 135 is Dominic Cruz. I don't think there's anybody else that deserves a title shot more than Dominic Cruz because he's the best band in weight ever. He held the belt the longest. He defended. He has the, the most offenses of the belt, I believe. I could be wrong. I know he's injury prone. I know he hasn't fought in a while, but he has a win over TJ Dillashaw. And TJ Dillashaw has came out and said, I do not want to fight Dominic Cruz. That blows me away. A guy has a win over you, and you don't want to fight him. That blows me away. So Dominic Cruz should be up next. He, they're probably going to go Marlon Marais because he he's got some you know he's got two quick finishes over really tough guys, a, but he has a loss over a Sunsau. Sunsau has a win over TJ Dillashaw, and Sunsau just keeps winning. Sunsau doesn't know how to lose. Boring though. The guy's boring as shit. Doesn't promote himself that well. 
Tremendous fighter. Marais has got that Mickey Mouse squeaky little fucking dog toy voice. However, he chirps a lot. He's out there. He's calling for fights. He wants to fight. Former champion at World Series of Fighting. Legit guy at 135. However, Dominic Cruz should fight. He's healthy. He wants to come back. He's got a win over TJ Dillashaw. He's got a win over TJ Dillashaw coming off the couch after two years. And it was a close fight. Now, TJ, in TJ's mind, he doesn't lose. I think that's going to be, I would bet all the money, all the money in the world on Dominic Cruz in the rematch. So that's next up. Next, next podcast, we'll do 145, 155. That's how it works. Again, I'm making it up as I go along. The hot take, no hot take this week. Um, I had something written down here and I just, I'm, I just read it when I was talking to that thing. And I fucking, I hate it. It's just, it's just, I'm not going to read it to you. I'm going to keep it to myself. Um, next episode, next podcast this week, we will do the Lincoln card. Maybe I'll throw a hot take in there. I'll work on it. I had this written down last week. I was like, this could be a good hot take. You know, you, you can go on that. You can talk about this for like 20 minutes. Who cares? Yeah, I don't want to. It's just not good. I scrap it. No hot take this week. For the people that like hot takes, all everything I've said is a hot take. Let's just do that. Just no segment of that. But we will end with a top five, and we're going to go with top five fighters of the year so far. It's only August. There's several months left. Five, four. I can't count. Four months left of the year. There's tons of people that could can make this list. There's a ton, ton of people looking outside this list, but it's top five. Number five, you sliding right in there is Henry Cejudo. Listen, he's he, he beat the best of the best. He has night. He has some nice wins. He knocked out Wilson Hayes after dropping two fights. He lost to DJ. Pretty embarrassing. Came back, taught on tough or coached on tough. Lost to Benavidez in a very close decision. Then fought Wilson Hayes, knocked him out. Then beat a very very tough Sergio Pettis. And then beat the best of all time. I mean, the guy's quickly, quickly uh, becoming one of the top guys at 125. It's pretty astounding considering at one point they, the UFC made him move to 135 because he couldn't make the weight. So, so who does at number five quickly, quickly rise? Number four is Rose. I'm a Eunice. I mean, a no brainer. Rose beat Joanna twice, the, the best, this killer at 155 that no one can stop. She knocked her out and then came back and beat her. Again, dominate the first three rounds. The four and five are a little bit closer because Joanna's uh, it's a very tough and, and durable uh, gal. But uh, Rose is just on another level right now. Her coaching is a freak, uh, or I'm sorry, her she's picking up on her coaching like crazy. Trevor Whitman been around forever, great coach. Pat Barry, great coach. She's got a lot of good people in Colorado. She was, I mean, when she first started in the UFC, she was like 2021. She's catching on like a sponge, man, and she's so, so good. I mean, her next fight's going to probably be against Andrej, who, uh, who who's just going to take her down, and, and this could be a whole other challenge for her. But what Rose did against Joanna this year can't be overlooked. And number three, this is tough because he could have easily been number two, and I, and I think he quickly becomes number one on my list because I'm a biased piece of shit. Is Darren Till. Darren Till sits at number three. What he did this year is is absolutely insane. He's been in the UFC for a while. You know, he uh, you know, he had a he has a pretty crazy story with his life. I've told it on here before. But uh he's been in the UFC for a while. He's taken some years off and and he's been fighting in the fight game for a while. Started to show his personality late December last year. I forget who he fought and he won. Then he said he's he declared he's the best striker in the welterweight division. I don't know. I think he might even call it a cow or a Wonder Boy. Then he fights Cowboy earlier this year, completely destroys him, gets this tremendous hype around him. Then he fights Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, 
later this year or not too long ago and completely showed everybody uh, how technical and, and, and everything he can be. Stephen Wonderboard Thompson is such a tough fight for anybody until beat him at his own game essentially because, you know, till March forward knocks Tony out, people thought he was going to do that against Wonderboy. Flip the script is what kids say. And, uh, yeah, so Darren Till, if he wins the title, he's number one. I mean, I mean, this is a Darren Till podcast, uh, you know. So, and then number two, we're going on Brian Ortega. What that kid's done in a short time in the UFC is absolutely incredible. I know he got busted. After his UFC debut, he got busted for some kind of steroid. I'm not sure if it was a, like a steroid to get you buff or is a steroid to, you know, diuretic or whatever because he's a big kid for 145. But absolute superstar in the making, well-spoken, handsome, has a great story from L.A. They did the UFC 227 in Los Angeles. He got the biggest pop of the night over any celebrity. They showed Matty Damon. They showed whoever else, Chris Pratt. They showed everybody. He got the biggest reaction out of that L.A. crowd. He's a superstar in the making. He could have been number one if it wasn't for the Max fight falling out, which is a shame. That's one of the fights I'm looking forward to. Hopefully they can get that together. Uh, Ortega, T-City knocking out. Frankie Edgar is just isn't still incredible considering Frankie took a fight a month later against Cub Swanson and still looks just as dominant. And number one, no, no, no surprise here is Daniel Cormier, the champ champ. Listen, Khabib could have been number one, but I don't think Khabib has really impressed me that much this year. Daniel Cormier impressed me. This hasn't been official. This hasn't been announced. I've heard rumors that he fought uh, Stipe with like no ACL. His ACL is gone. Um, tough, tough guy. Uh, Stipe is an incredible heavyweight. He would have been, he could have been on this list as well. That's how good he was. But Daniel Cormier, no one, the one thing people don't, this last thing I'll say about Cormier, I mean, everyone knows how impressive the Stipe fight was. No one's talking about the Vulcan Ozdemir fight. Vulcan Ozdemir, Daniel Cormier was coming off his first knockout loss of his career, his only loss, stoppage loss of his career. He cried in the octagon. He was 37, 38 years old at the time. Couldn't beat his arch nemesis and John Jones. Jones got busted, whatever. He got the title back. Had him in and feel good. The mental strength of this guy. He wanted to get right back in there. So they give him Volkan Ozdemir, a guy who's knocking everybody out, who not, not a lot of people know a ton about. Cormier, you know, a lot of people in this industry, a lot of people in the fighting, when they get knocked out, when they get their lights switched, turned, like Dan, it happened to Dan Harrison. Dan Harrison couldn't even get knocked out his whole career. Then the minute he got knocked out, there was like a switch that turned where... People could start finding that chin. Cormier had that risk available because he got head kicked, knocked out. He got he got put away pretty bad against Jones. Against a very dangerous guy that he didn't have to take. He didn't have to take that fight. But he took it and he absolutely dominated Vulcan. Stood up with him, rocked Vulcan, took him down and, and exposed him and showed that he is the best 205-pounder not named John Jones on the planet. To me, a lot of people don't talk about that fight enough because of just the mental hurdle he had to get over. Physically, yeah, he's better than Vulcan, and Vulcan may, maybe he was biting off a little more than Chew. There's not a ton of contenders at 205, whatever the case may be. But Daniel Cormier, that was a that was a fight within himself that he had to overcome all that negativity shit. He had all the memes people were sending him and fight a very dangerous guy that he should beat. There's so much pressure on his shoulders for that fight, and he came out and he dominated, and then he what was he do? Turn around, fights for the heavyweight title, and knocks out probably the greatest heavyweight of all time. Bar none, number one fighter of the year. Um, I think he should win it. If Till wins, obviously I'm going to change my vote because that's when I am. But that's the show. I had fun. 46 minutes right now and counting. Flew by. Fle- absolutely flew by. I, 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 I forgot I love the sound of my own voice. 
And uh, this is very fun. I will be back later this week for the UFC Lincoln picks that I'm very excited about. And uh, yeah, so let's do it. All right, I'll see you later.